Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading this morning for our first Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence, when you did awesome things that we did not look for. You came down, the mountains quaked at your presence, from of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for Him. You meet Him who joyfully works of righteousness. Those who remember you and your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. And we all work the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord. And remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look. We are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in Him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I invite the congregation to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. When they drew drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And they went away, 
and found a colt tied to, at a door outside in the street. And they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and their cloaks, and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the, is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Behold! Your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. These words are what the Advent season is all about. Your king is coming to you. And not just any king, but the king of the universe. The creator of all that is. Your creator. The one to whom you owe physical life, your spiritual life, and all that you are and all that you have. The king is coming to you. But this, in fact, is not new for God. If anything, if he wants to be known for any way, in any way, it's as a God who comes to his people. A God who comes for his people, to be with his people. It was this way from the very beginning. Even after Adam and Eve plunged themselves and our world into sin, God didn't stand far off, rendering judgments from heaven, but rather he came. Searching for them. Where are you? That's the call of the Father to his wayward children. And after that, he continues to come to his people. To Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, to Joshua, to David, to Samuel. He took up residence in a tabernacle, a simple tent, and in a glorious temple. In order that he might dwell with his people. But he also promised even more. To Eve, he promised the seed. To Abraham, he promised a son who would be a blessing to the entire world. To David, he promised an heir. One that would sit on David's throne forever. And so, he came. In the flesh. The babe in Bethlehem swaddled and lying in a manger. This is Emmanuel, God with us. I love this painting. I found it actually a couple of months ago. I knew I loved it, but I had no purpose for it until this Sunday. It's such a cool painting. It's such an ordinary picture of daily life. Mary on a donkey, holding her rather pregnant belly, Joseph leading the way to Jerusalem, and just looking back at this simple shepherd boy guiding some sheep. Our redeem, our readings, excuse me, our readings today are actually Palm Sunday readings. This Zechariah text and our gospel reading, it's Palm Sunday, which seems sort of odd way to start our Advent. But today I think it's especially appropriate that before Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem, the king rode into Bethlehem. He rode into Bethlehem 
coming to bring a kingdom. And so he would then eventually ride into Jerusalem on the back of a colt, not to establish an earthly kingdom, but to redeem his people, to save his people by bringing righteousness and having salvation. Not requiring them of people, notice that, but having them as a gift to give to the people. And so in order to bring righteousness and salvation, Jesus went on through Jerusalem. He endured betrayal. He endured a sham trial, a taunting crowd, a cord of whips and nails. In order to bring righteousness and salvation, he bore the wrath of the Father against all sin, and he breathed his last, and he was laid in a tomb. In order to bring righteousness and salvation, in order to establish his eternal kingdom, he rose again from the dead. And so he came, according to the plan that God had set out. From the crib, to the colt, to the cross, our God, our King, coming to us that we might be saved. And yes, coming to us yet today. He comes to us clearly in the waters of holy baptism. The king who rode a donkey into Jerusalem rides on the simple water and the word right into the hearts of his people, delivering to individuals his gifts of righteousness and salvation. And here again this morning, coming to you, riding on the words of absolution, giving you the gift he won, the forgiveness of your sins. He's coming in words spoken, sung and proclaimed. Coming to direct your faith in your life in the way of peace. For you, he comes riding and the bread and the wine of Holy Communion, giving you the very body and blood that won your forgiveness to renew you, to strengthen you. For you, he comes. You who have spent another week in a struggle against sin and death, that you might be rescued from your sin and be given his life. Yes. He comes for you, all according to plan, from the font to the word to the supper, our God, our King, our Savior, coming to us, giving us these gifts that we might be saved. No matter how young, no matter how old, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, no matter if you are at the peak of life or in the dumps of despair, no matter who you are, he's coming to you for you. Behold, the king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. But do I care? And I say that in all seriousness. I say it because I think we have a tendency to take this for granted. I think we have a tendency to lose the incredible wonder of all it is that our King, our God, comes to us. I mean, think of the excitement and wonder the Christmas season brings, especially 
for the kids waiting for Christmas to come. The wonder and the joys of the gifts they'll receive. And sometimes I wonder, where's my excitement? Where's my wonder? Where's my joy? I mean, after all, think of this. When is the last time you went to bed on Saturday night and you could hardly sleep because you're going to come here and your king's going to be coming to you? And this is so exciting. And you're receiving gifts, forgiveness, life, salvation, all of them being received from God. Gifts that are way more valuable than this world. Gifts that are far more enduring than the ones that will break out, wear out, simply get bored of in such a short time. It's a valid question. Do I care? Or perhaps I take his coming for granted. By coming in repentance one day out of the seven to receive these gifts, but really not giving it much of a thought to the other six days of the week. Or perhaps I take his coming for granted by using the freedom of forgiveness as a license to do whatever I please. Perhaps I take his coming for granted by neglecting the word and prayer. Perhaps I take his coming for granted by coming to this place, well, just once in a while when I sort of feel like it. Perhaps I take his coming for granted by living as if God's word and his forgiveness makes no difference outside of these walls. Do I care? The harsh reality is, I don't care enough. The harsh reality for each and every one of us is it is very easy for us to get distracted. The things of this world can way too easily overshadow that what's truly important. And every single one of us, we all fall under Isaiah's condemnation in our Old Testament reading today. Even all of our righteous deeds, even all of the good things we do are like a polluted garment in the presence of the Holy God. Behold, your king is coming, righteous and having salvation. Yes. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Though we are unworthy, he comes to us. Is that not a wonder in of itself? He doesn't turn away from us, but just as he came to Eden, to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, he's coming to us, calling as a father calls wayward children, calling us out of sin, out of shame, coming to us with his forgiveness that we would go and sin no more, coming with his life that we would go and live in this new life, coming to us not because we're so good, because <laughs> we're not, Coming to us, not because we deserve it, because we don't. Coming to us because we need him. Coming to us because we can never go to him 
on our own. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. And one day, he will come again. On that day, he will come in all of his glory, riding no longer on these humble means of water and word and bread and wine, but riding on the very clouds of heaven. He's coming to us now to prepare us for that day, that we would be ready, so that on that day we could sing, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. So yes, behold, your King is coming to you. From the crib, to the colt, to the cross, from the water, to the word, to the supper, he's coming. And he's coming again and again and again to us until he comes at one last time in all of his glory. Same Jesus, same King, same Savior, and best of all, same gifts. He comes now to give you life. He comes now to give you a kingdom that is not of this world. And this is the good news that brightens our days and fills us with joy. For behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Amen. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in your king who comes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.